You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 312 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. I'm going to start by pestering you a bit for support. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a patron. I know I should post more on Patreon, but I don't want to post stuff just because. And I don't know what you guys would want me to post there anyway. Uh, But uh, becoming a patron with a couple of bucks a month is a way to show love to the show. You can also send bits of Bitcoin follow in social media you can leave a nice review on itunes and you can subscribe to my youtube channel all the links in the program notes and on naturalbornalchemist.com to everyone who has already done all of the above or some of the above or at least one of those things i appreciate it greatly I actually receive emails from time to time and apparently people seem to get something from the show. Makes it worthwhile. If you have a question or something you want me to address in a coming show, why don't you write in? Uh, There is a contact form at the following URL. naturalbornalchemist.com forward slash contact. Now in this episode I want to mull over a few thoughts, ideas and perspectives I've had recently. And uh, they all concern the very hard work of trying to liberate myself from the chains of conformity and the cult-like state of society. For us uh, living in the western world we might think we have progressed far. Women have the right to vote, you don't need to be ashamed to be gay. Racism is shunned and so on and so forth. Of course many issues still remain, but compared to the 50s, things have improved. But have we overcorrected? Has wokeism gone too far? Some say wokeism is just on Twitter or in social media and not really real life. But I beg to differ. I see it daily and I do not like it. It's cult-like behavior. And it's not really improving things. That's an illusion. What wokeism does is makes things actually worse. Wokeism does not allow a free mind. You might think that it does, but it doesn't. Likewise, anti-wokeism is is not alt-right or or right-wing either. So don't stop listening to this if you think that's the case. I don't subscribe to either direction, left or right. Now don't worry, this is not going to be your run-of-the-mill whiny rant on wokeism. That's not too original. Most people listening to this show is on the fringe anyway, but I spend time in the wholesome woke world, and it's a very dark, racist and sexist world indeed. But how can it be racist and sexist if it's woke? Well, I'm not going to explain that. 
Instead, I want to play an excerpt from Miguel Connor's Aeon Byte podcast when his guest Adrian Smith, author of A Prison for the Mind, was talking about counterfeit spirit, also known as Antin Imon Numa. And I wanted to focus on this thing, anti-maimon pneuma. That means counterfeiting spirit. It means when you look at them, you don't know whether you're looking at the real thing or not. So the next question is, how do you know you're looking at the right thing or not? Mm -hmm. uh, anti-maimon has a special meaning. It means counter-mimicry. So when they mimic something they invert the values of whatever it is they're mimicking. And I've used the example of Constantine adopting Christianity as the official religion. Uh, in adopting the, the, as the official religion, he inverts or the empire inverts the values of Christianity. So the Prince of Peace becomes an instrument of conquest, which is an upside down look at Christianity. And I've looked at that throughout uh, all of the different manifestations of fundamentalism through the ages. Um, and this holds true. I've identified, uh, for example, that the woke ideology, I think, has been adopted as the official religion of the globalist empire. Its values are equity, diversity, and inclusion, which on their own are worthy ambitions or worthy values. But in practice, they are an inversion. So equity stands for inequality. They preach anti-racism while practicing it. Um, Diversity means uniformity, uniformity of thought, uh, uniformity of belief. Uh, there's no variation there. It's, it's the same thing, you know, wherever you go in the world. Uh, and the last one is inclusion. Well, they've inverted the values, say, of Martin Luther King, which was uh, desegregation. Uh, race doesn't matter. Uh, now we're returning to segregation and race is everything. So that's just another example of the anti-Maimon Numa. It's, and the adopting the religion gives it a pious face, which gives it authenticity, and people don't recognize it because it's a counterfeit. Equity stands for inequality. Preach anti-racism while practicing it. Diversity means uniformity, uniformity of thought. And the last one is inclusion. Well, they've inverted the values, say, of Martin Luther King, which was uh, desegregation. Uh, race doesn't matter. Uh, now we're returning to segregation, and race is everything. So that's just another example of the anti-Maimon Numa. It's, and the adopting... The religion gives it a pious face, which gives it authenticity, and people don't recognize it because it's a counterfeit. I've seen the results of this in the past few years, and I viewed it as ironic. Ironic that while trying to be not racist, the woke act racist. 
But it's actually not ironic, it's simply reversed psychology. It's what parents do to the children. It's what daddy state does to its citizen kids. It's the parental state of the world, with most of humanity still in the cradle. Even if you live in a very free country, it doesn't require much for it to turn totalitarian. Do not think it will never happen. Don't be a fool. It can happen quickly. It will happen so quickly that most will not even question it. Rather, they will support it. We've seen this in many different areas of the world considered free in the past few years. And it can quickly go bad. So we gotta watch out. Newspeak is the fictional language of Oceania, a totalitarian superstate that is the setting of the novel 1984 by George Orwell. In the novel, Newspeak is a controlled language of simplified grammar and restricted vocabulary designed to limit the individual's ability to think and articulate subversive concepts such as personal identity, self-expression and free will. Such concepts are criminalized as thought crime since they contradict the prevailing orthodoxy. Also in 1984 is the concept of doublethink, which is a process of indoctrination in which subjects are expected to simultaneously accept two conflicting beliefs as truth, often at odds with their own memory or sense of reality. Doublethink is related to, but differs a bit from, hypocrisy. The novel explicitly shows people learning doublethink and newspeak due to their peer pressure and a desire to fit in or gain status within the party, to be seen as a loyal party member. In the novel, for someone to even recognize, let alone mention any contradiction within the context of the party line is akin to blasphemy and could subject that person to disciplinary action and the instant social disapproval of fellow party members. You should really read 1984. I know you probably read it in school, but you should read it again as an adult. Any of this rings true about newspeak and doublethink? I think that's what we are having a lot of right now. In 1959, Bertrand Russell, the Nobel Prize winning philosopher, mathematician and peace activist, was just short of his 87th birthday when he gave wide-ranging interviews to the BBC and the CBC. This was his answer when asked what message he had for future generations. I should say, love is wise Hatred is foolish. In this world, which is getting more and more closely interconnected, we have to learn to tolerate each other. We have to learn to put up with the fact that some people say things that we don't like. We can only live together in that way. And if we are to live together and not die together, 
we must learn a kind of charity and a kind of tolerance which is absolutely vital to the continuation of human life on this planet. Reminds me of what Musk said recently regarding buying Twitter. Well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech, uh, where all, so, uh, yeah. Um, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, So uh, it's just really important that people have the, both the the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, And, you know, so one of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes uh, to people's tweets, you know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. So there's, there's no sort of behind-the-scenes um, manipulation, either algorithmically or manually. Um, you know, I think there's, there's the, the risk, civilizational risk uh, is decreased if Twitter, the, the more we can increase the trust of Twitter as a public platform, um, and I should also say the, the intent is, is to uh, retain as many shareholders as is allowed by the law in a private company, which I think is around 2,000 or so. So we'll, it's, it's not like a, a, it's definitely not, not from the standpoint of let me figure out how to monopolize or maximize my ownership of Twitter. This is this is a, this is not a, a, a way to sort of make money. You know, I think this is. It's just that I think this is um, this could my my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. I don't care about the economics at all. Twitter or any forum is bound by the laws of the country that it operates in. If, if in doubt, uh, let, let, let the speech, let, let it exist. Uh, it would have, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a, a gray area, I would say let let the, let the tweet exist. Um, but obviously, you, you know, in, in a case where there's perhaps uh, a lot of controversy, uh, that you would not want to necessarily promote that tweet. If uh, you know, so the, I'm not, I'm not saying this is that I have all the answers here, um, but I, I, I do think that. We want to be just very reluctant to delete things and, and have um, just just be very cautious with with, with per- permanent bans. Uh, you know, t- timeouts I think are better or, uh, than, than than sort of permanent bans. And um, uh, but just just in general, like I said, how, how it won't be perfect, but I think we want to really uh, have. Like I said, the perception and reality that speech is as free as reasonably possible, and a good sign as to whether so- there is free speech is uh, is is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like, and if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. In this easily triggered and easily offended world, where being offended about words is more common than being offended by war, 
I think messages that we've heard now from Russell and Musk is important. In a world where speaking your mind can be a crime, we desperately need this message. But what is the cure? How can we rebel? Well, I have two perspectives to this. First, I want to play an interview by Vice with one of the few real journalists, Chris Hedges, talking about rebellion. You know, that, that's the thing about being a reporter. They, you know, all this thing of objectivity, this is all crap. What journalists do is manipulate facts. That's what I did for a living. Did you do that? You did that? Yes, of course, we all do. The difference is between those of us who cared about the truth and those of us who cared about news, and it's not the same thing. And if you care about the truth, eventually you're gonna run into problems. I think when you look at all of the ingredients that go into creating revolt, the ingredients are there. We are going to have to destroy the system of corporate power um, by non-cooperation, by obstruction. Um, it's up to us and it means acts of sustained civil disobedience. We have a moral imperative to stand up, if not for ourselves, for those who come after, um, that one revolts finally not for what they can achieve, but for who it allows them to become, um, and that we can't use the word hope if we don't revolt. Uh, if we remain passive, um, then we, we, are, we are accepting the death sentence that's being handed to us by these corporate forces. There is no way in the American political system to vote against the interests of Goldman Sachs. You can't do it. And so that creates governmental paralysis. The inability on the part of the government to do anything but serve the needs of a tiny cabal, in this case, a corporate cabal. In other words, people feel like the game is fixed. But it is fixed. And it's not like they feel like the game is fixed, that they're beginning to know the game is fixed. And once they know the game is fixed, it becomes very dangerous. Uh, you know, there are a lot of myths about revolution. They're driven by what Bakunin calls day class, say, intellectuals, which is what the Occupy movement was. Highly educated white sons and daughters of the middle class who uh, began to experience what people of color have been experiencing for decades. Unemployment, police repression, uh, uh, you know, foreclosure, all that kind of stuff. There's a passage in Kissinger's memoirs, and no one should ever buy the book, where uh, it's, I think, 1971, and there are you know, tens of thousands of anti-war protesters surrounding the White House, which is what we have to get back to. And Nixon has taken empty city buses end to end and put them all around the White House to protect the White House. And he's looking out the window, uh, wringing his hands, going, Henry, they're going to break through the barricades and get us. And that's exactly where we want all people in power to be. That's our goal. My advice is uh, more offensive language, more offensive ideas. Offensive language is not the same as offensive action. If we must judge, let's judge on actions, not what content we have in our minds. I have thought many fucked up things over the years. doesn't mean I believe them or would do them. In my professional life, I speak carefully. Because even if, for example, I am not a racist, not anywhere in my being, I still have to speak carefully because I might be judged as a racist due to the fact 
I might say something not aloud. It could be something simple as, oh, I want to go to China one day. You know, who knows if that is an acceptable sentence to speak in a year or two from now. The clear problem with the outlawing of insult is that too many things can be interpreted as such. Criticism is easily construed as insult by certain parties. Ridicule easily construed as insult. Sarcasm, unfavourable comparison, merely stating an alternative point of view to the orthodoxy can be interpreted as insult. And because so many things can be interpreted as insult, it is hardly surprising that so many things have been. The best way to increase society's resistance to insulting or offensive speech is to allow a lot more of it. As with childhood diseases, you can better resist those germs to which you have been exposed. We need to build our immunity to taking offence so that we can deal with the issues that perfectly justified criticism can raise. That was Rowan Atkinson. You know, Mr Bean? I played that clip before on the show. And yes, we need more offensive language. We need less wholesome spaces. We need more punk rock and less pop. We need more people that demand justice for real issues and less people that whine about imagined issues. If we continue as we are doing, we won't last. I'm serious. These things might not seem important, but when what you think and say can be used against you, then that is not a liberated world. And it will not bring about a liberated mind. That's a prison. And that cannot be accepted. Free speech is an absolute. If we had 100% free speech, I would not feel the need to say anything particularly offensive. But because we do not have free speech, I have a strong urge to say very offensive things. Maybe that's my own issue to deal with, but that's how, I, that's how I'm rigged. Racial slurs and sexist comments, that's one thing. And it still should be free speech to say such things if one would want to. I don't know why they would want to, but we also have to keep in mind that what somebody considers to be racist or sexist is, is a very subjective thing. And then there are some obvious things as well. What's sexist to say today wasn't sexist to say at all 50 years ago. So the, the lines are moving all the time. But that's not what I want to talk about. That's not what I fear. That's not what's the important issue to protect when it comes to free speech there's something way more important because there are far greater offensive things one can say like democracy is not freedom democracy doesn't work troops should not be supported taxation is theft school is indoctrination hospitals are there to keep you sick money is an illusion Politicians do not have power. It's illusionary. If we don't want them to have power, they won't. Just because the dude has a PhD doesn't mean he knows jack shit what's going on. 
and so on and so on. If we do not liberate ourselves from the cult of society, I don't think we will last. The war on words and the cult of identity might seem like small matter to most of you, but it's more important than you think. If you want your mind to be free, how can it be free if you have to mind what your mind is thinking about? Europe's been around for about a hundred years in the current state it's in. A few changes have been made, you know, you had the Second World War, you, Yugoslavia was broken up. But, but in general, Europe a hundred years ago and Europe today is not that different. We have iPhones now, but that's about it. It's, uh, it's kind of the same thing. And you could say the same for Australia and and United States and Canada as well. And New Zealand, let's not forget. It's basically being the same kind of society and the same kind of allies and the same kind of status quo for the last hundred years or so. So what most people alive today feel is normal is a hundred years old. So if we consider this like Western modern world, an an empire, if we consider it to be like an empire, it's been going quite strong for for 100 years, okay? The Mongol Empire lasted for 162 years. The Ming Dynasty for 276 years. Everybody has heard of the Babylonian Empire. Lasted for 300 years. And you know, down there in Turkey, you had the Ottoman Empire. Lasted for 623 years. On the other side of the Atlantic, or on on your side of the Atlantic, depending on where you're listening to this, uh, but I, I'm in Europe, so on the other side of the Atlantic, you had the, the Toltec Empire, 626 years. Over there in Asia, you had the Khmer Empire, 629 years. And then we had the famous Holy Roman Empire, lasted for 844 years. We had uh, the Republic of Venice, uh, lasted for 1,100 years. Then we just had the Roman Empire, and that lasted for 1,480 years. We also had the Assyrian Empire, 1,589 years. And finally, the Sumerian Empire. It lasted for 2,600 years. And uh, the Western modern world, we're at 100. Not very long at all. So the question arises, are we at the beginning of a 2,000 year long kind of empire? Or are we one of those empires and there are hundreds in history? That only lasted for 50 to 100 years and was never heard of again. 
The society we live in now is not old. That means change is normal. To think that the current world stage will remain as is, is ludicrous. Looking at history, there seems to be some sort of progress. I mean, at least it looks like things are moving forward, improving as we take another step in the evolution or unfolding, maybe you should say, of history. Will the next step focus more on the individual, on anarchism, on liberation, on freedom? I hope so. We can't raise kids in a safe spaced world they're not going to be strong enough to be free to be liberated because the easiest thing in the world is to be an obedient slave the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows it's a very mean and nasty place and I don't care how tough you are it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it you, me or nobody He's going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. We have to learn to tolerate each other. We have to learn to put up with the fact that some people say things that we don't like. The best way to increase society's resistance to insulting or offensive speech is to allow a lot more of it. Equity stands for inequality. Diversity means uniformity, uniformity of thought, uniformity of belief. Listen to me. This may be the most important moment of your life. Commit to it. They took your parents from you. They took your brother from you. They put you in a cell and took everything they could take. Except your life. And you believed that was all there was, didn't you? The only thing you had left was your life, but it wasn't, was it? You found something else. And not so, you found something that mattered more to you in life. Because when they threatened to kill you unless you gave them what they wanted, you told them you'd rather die. Some Rocky and V for Vendetta there. Hey, this is Anthony Tyler, host of Black Hoodie Alchemy on the Fringe FM. You can catch me every Monday evening, 6 p.m. Pacific time, where we uh, talk about the dark side of metaphysics and we'll chill a little bit. Uh, And you can catch me the day after on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or wherever else you stream your podcasts.
If you've ever wondered what someone like Carl Jung might say about serial killers, or perhaps cryptids, then this is the show for you. Skeptical, yet open-minded, empirical, but philosophical. We are going to talk about some really weird stuff, so I hope you join me on Black Hoodie Alchemy. Take it easy. Again, uh, if you have time to consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify or sub to my YouTube channel or become a Patreon, please do so. All the links uh, in the program notes and on naturalbornalchemist.com. Welcome to Perceptions Today podcast. We will be discussing a wide variety of changing perceptions and ongoing research about topics such as consciousness, health, medicine, science, physics, history, metaphysics, the paranormal and reality. Join us as we learn and discover fascinating new information about these and other topics from people in the field, doing the research and having the experiences. During our discussions, we hope to engage you in the process to ignite your own creativity and alter your perceptions in new and exciting ways. The adventure begins now. Find us on podcast apps, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Once again, that's Perceptions Today. All right, let's end it here with an Occupy Movement protest song by songwriter Bodhi Pradna called We Know That We're Right. And I know I'm right. So never stop supporting free speech, especially speech by people you do not like that are saying things you don't like to hear. Freedom is in the mind. We know that we're right, that's why we're here. We know that we're right, that's why we're here. here. By the liberal eyes of the spotless mind That doesn't have the goal to change I'm done with being recognized As a noble cause and then blown aside I'm not giving in this day Sad I fate Know that we're right That's why we're here A change will come And all The world's a stage Our experience Is the bane of schemes Which hypnotize Doing noble creeds And we refuse to serve This tyrant's dream We hear the men who control this thing need One more coin for the slot machine But the losing hands are ours Let's start again Know that we're right, that's why we're here Through it letting you protect your stake Know that we're right, that's why 
dreams were none to speculate Look into this face Take this land 